2016. No, it's, not right now. Yeah. But when you hear this, it will be. And it's our first new year. Yeah, first, our, oh, yes. It's my first time's first, first new, new year. year. Yeah. I'm Mary Jo Smith. I'm Colleen Smith. No, no relation. relation. Welcome to my first time podcast. Welcome to my first time podcast. Uh, this month's theme is my first job. Yeah. Or my first time having a job, if we're going to keep Let's the keep title consistent. Yeah. First time having a job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with us as always is Ian Phonesmith. Dr. Phones. Da- Dr. Oh, Phones. now he is. Dr. Phones. And then we have three lovely guests. Mm-hmm. Please introduce them. We have Michael Zara. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say words. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We have Darren Herzig. Hi. And we don't don't be mad about your hi. Well, I had like a phlegm gurgle in the back of my throat as I said it, and it's in me now. Well, let's re- let's reintroduce you, shall we? Hello, and welcome, Darren Herzig. Hi. <laughs> Much better. It's Much better. And just to make it really overwhelming, we have Jennifer Smith. No relation to me. But related to me, and. Dr. Smith. Hello. Oh, and in three years, I'll be a Dr. Smith. Hey. hey. A real doctor. Yeah, a real Legit. doctor. Yeah. Well, no. not even a real doctor, because you won't be able to practice medicine. Not a medical hey. doctor? Not a medical doctor. Like a, a doctor of arts. Doctor of education. Doctor Ooh, of education. Okay. Anyway. So mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> Speaking of higher med. learning, let's talk about the jumps that we had when I'm assuming we all had... had only high school somethings. Somethings, yeah. Our names. Mary Jo, shall we get? All right, I'm going to tell the first story. Um, and I'll start this story by saying um, I have had a lot of really weird jobs. From um, a very young age, I always had some kind of way of making money. And I, I, we, we had very little money growing up. And I was on my own very early. I moved out when I was 15. And... Um, so, but like I, when I was really young, I, I, um, I lived in a commune and so I got a lot of the families to like pay me by the load to do their laundry and I would go to the laundromat and I would get a ride to the laundromat and do all the laundry. So that was like a very first job. And then, and then I had a, a really weird temporary job where I was putting these little, um, plastic things on long metal curtain rods and, um, just sliding them on over and over again when I was like 12. And then, um, so I've had a lot of really bizarre jobs. Um, and this, and I was thinking about this topic, like most of my jobs are just for a story would just be that sentence. Like, that's the end of that story, the curtain rod story. Um, so but I thought... Until, like the child labor union came in and broke it up. Oh, no. I had no boundaries and no, nobody was paying any attention. I was homeschooled, which really just meant I never went to school. Um, I don't have a GED. I don't have a diploma. I got nothing. Um, but my... So what I decided to do is... Um, the, this is really the first time I ever got fired from a job. The only time I've ever gotten fired from a job. I've never been fired from a job since. Knock wood. Um... And, and deservedly so, I will say that this was a very fair, spot-on firing. Um, in that, at 16 years old, I, was, I had moved out. I was 15, I moved out, and I was working at, at the time, as a, a smoothie girl at a health food restaurant, <laughs> or health food uh, market, and uh, that just smelled of sandalwood and, like, you know, carob you know, it wasn't like, it was one of those like really musky kind of disorganized places where everybody had, you know, like matted hair and thought it was dreadlocks, but it really just was unkempt. Um, 
So, and the, and they closed, I think the health department shut them down and I was suddenly like, I don't have any, I don't have a job. And I, I had moved out with one in one of those, like from my mother, if you don't like my rules, get out. And I was like, well then I'm leaving. So I couldn't go back. Like you know, yeah. three weeks later, I'm like, no, I like your rules. Where were you living? <laughs> uh, in Ohio. Oh. Right? It says, yeah. four little letters says so much. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, and there were very few job prospects in Ojai. And remember, I'm 15, maybe, yeah, I think I was maybe at that point 16, but I didn't have a car. So. Did you have a horse? I did not have a horse. I did have a, I did have a moped. Okay. Um, but like something. I couldn't go far. Like I had a moped that went like 35 miles an hour. So I wasn't like going to get on the freeway and go to Ventura. I had to find something local. So. Um, this is obviously pre-internet. The only way to get a job is to open the Ojai Valley News, find the classified <laughs> section, and circle the, the jobs. And there were a lot of jobs, but none of them were I qualified for, was I qualified for. And um, I'm really conscious of my grammar because of Jennifer, the Sorry. pre-med English doctor at the table. Do you, yeah. you feel like you're faltering on your grammar? It sounds pretty impeccable to me. Okay, good. Doctor. I don't know. I just felt like I, I dangled a preposition or something there for a second. Um. Okay. Um, so here's here's the job I took. So um, in order to get this job, I had to uh, lie about my age. I had to lie about my education. And I had to lie about my experience. And I applied for and got the job of the head dietitian at an old folks convalescent home called Gray Gables. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> How old did you say you were? Um, I must have said that I was in my 20s. I must have said that I was graduated from college. I'm sure I said. Um, and I had really big boobs. Like, I had not been carded since I was, like, 12 or 13. Like, I used to be able to walk into liquor stores and just buy alcohol if I wore something V-neck. So someone who worked at Grey Gables would totally buy I guess, because they book. bought it. So I... Um, I went in, I never thought I'd get this job, but I was, I was like, I literally was just, I applied for every job that was available in Ohio, which was like nine jobs or something. It wasn't like I pounded the pavements for months. It was maybe four days and this is the job I got. Um, and, um, I remember thinking like at the time there was a, like somebody to run the little glass stand at the Chevron station. Like it was either that or the head dietitian at the convalescent home. And I was really kind of hoping for the head dietitian at the convalescent home because I just thought that would be much more interesting and I like to cook. Um, so I, um, I was sort of given a tour of the place and um, it was a place that had been used, uh, the exterior was like a ranch style house and it had been used as uh, Jamie Summers, the bionic woman's um, exterior of her home. Oh. So it was very lovely on the outside, but on the inside it wasn't as lovely. And um, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like county or anything, but it was, um, you know, it was, a, it was kind of a sad convalescent home with like people in wheelchairs in the hallways. And um, there was, there were some really nice people there, older, you know, men and women who'd been there a long time. And I found it to be this really sad place. And I was like, I'm going to do my best to, you know, make their food as great as I can while following the dietary rules that their doctors have laid out for them. Um, so every day I had to look at the files of the people I was feeding and um, separate them by um, uh, bland diets or uh, specialty diets like no dairy or vegetarian or low fat or low sodium and then liquid. Um, <laughs> So there was the liquid diet. So the, the, and then there were recipes to follow. Like there, it was fairly laid out. It was fairly like, okay, so here's your low sodium recipes. And there were menus that were 
um, printed out by the um, like the the supervising manager of the place. So they you know they would print out these little like almost like public school like Wednesdays fish fillet. Like it was sort <laughs> of laid out. Um, so I just had to prepare these things. But I really felt like I could do better with the liquid food. So I thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to experiment a little bit with liquid food. But I would follow the rules because basically what you had to do is sort of liquefy the meals that were prepared in the other two buckets. Buckets? buckets. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying buckets as in there are three buckets of food, right? There's the... There's these sort of like, you know, Categories. Uh, categories. Like oh. A wooden slop trough. Okay, yeah. So I, I should take buckets back. It's not buckets, but um, um, categories. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and I was like really prepared. I'd worked in kitchens before. This was not, like I was not a, a, um, a unfamiliar with kitchens. And I, I had some decent knife skills. And... Um, I wore whites, I wore white pants, white shirt, white apron, and I had a hairnet, and I had a staff of five people, what? all of whom were old enough to be my parents, <laughs> and um, and I was running this kitchen this for- This is like a sitcom. This is crazy. I know, this is totally and insane. you had a college education, so- Right. You know, I had a really yeah, good a college education from Ventura um, <laughs> College uh, on my application. Um, so- uh, the, my, at this point, like I'm doing a lot of setup into what is going to be a very short story because obviously <laughs> I didn't keep this job for very long. Um, and I already sort of gave away the fact that I've been fired. So <laughs> the first couple days, it was like, it was pretty good. Like I was following directions. I was doing what I was supposed to do and putting the little food on little things with the plastic, you know, covers with the holes in the top. And and I was came from like this really pretty poor background. So for me, like being in this big kitchen was kind of glamorous. And I was sort of imagining that I was like cooking for the Oscars. And like in my <laughs> head, this was like really fun and cool. But I also, at the same time, from the second I would arrive every day of like, I'm going to get found out and I might kill somebody. <laughs> like I, I, I was very aware of... I'm cooking for really old sick people and if I fuck this up in any way or even if I don't fuck it up even if I just like do, I don't know what I'm doing I lied through my teeth it was, I was in total survivalist mode of like I have to get a job and were this, you get, how what were you getting paid I don't remember what it what I probably have a pay stub like I only got one <laughs> <laughs> I only got paid once. But you still have it? Yeah, I probably do because I keep all my pay stubs. Wow. Um, uh, I, like I'll keep at least one from every job I've yeah, ever sure, had. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, but it was probably like very little. Was, I mean, at the time, I mean, it probably was like, I don't know, $12 an hour or something. I don't know. It wasn't much. But for me, it was like, oh, my God, I'm rich and employed. I was very grateful. So um, uh, there was one day where I had decided – that uh, and I was behind. I really, I, I really had bitten off more than I could chew with this job. And by day four or five, like this was clearly obvious to me, if to no one else. And um, I was starting to get behind, so I would start to come in early, but then I would not clock in right away because I wasn't supposed to do overtime. And it was like this game that I was playing of trying to keep up and not get caught. And um, finally, um, oh, and there was this really nice lady, little old lady who was probably like in her eighties. 
and she had um, really, really tight, I don't know who did her hair, but she had really, really tight, little tiny, tiny curls. Like, I don't know how she got it, because it's not natural. <laughs> but like little tiny curls, like pin curls, but not pin curls, like really super tight on her head. And she was really cute, and she was missing a couple of teeth. And every morning I would pass her, she would be sitting in her wheelchair in the same hallway when I would come in the back door, and she would say, hi, honey. And I would say, hi. And then I would go on my way to the kitchen. So every morning I would start with, hi, honey. Hi. That was like my whole interaction with her. But to me, she was like, she must have this sort of magical background. And I was determined I would get to know her at some point when I got promoted to like whatever I was going to get promoted to. And um, so this day, the day I got fired, I, uh, I came in really early. And there she was. Hi, honey. And... Um, went in the back and started working and um, I was supposed to liquefy pork chops. And what I, <laughs> what I didn't realize was, uh, and it didn't, I guess it didn't say this on the page, but like you can't just put pork chops in a blender. There has to be some kind of liquid. Well, and there's bone. And there's bone. Yeah. And well, I had removed well, the bone. The yeah, yeah, I removed the bone. I, I'm like completely retarded. Um, I've cooked pork before despite being Jewish. So I had deboned the, the chops. But, um, uh, and what I also learned is that it's much easier to puree cooked pork chops than it is to puree raw pork chops and I was in such a hurry that I didn't realize that I was supposed to cook them first and then puree the cooked food were you gonna cook pureed raw pork chop was that your plan my plan was <laughs> to puree the pork chop but the step I missed was that I should have pureed them cooked but in fact I was pureeing them raw <laughs> So I had put like a whole bunch of raw pork in a blender <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I flipped the switch and it was a big commercial blender and it was pretty powerful and I was there early. So the, my staff is not there yet. So it's just me cause I'm behind. So I'm coming in early to get caught up. Like I hadn't done any of the prep work from the night before that I should have done whatever. So I'm just trying to get ahead. So there's nobody in the kitchen but me and I, flip up the blender and then I sort of walk away to sort of do something else and then I start to smell like and it starts to make this weird like like this horrible like that something's wrong sound and I turn around and there's smoke coming out of the blender so I shut it off and um so I take it off and then I'm like I'm like mucking it out mucking out the sort of partially pureed raw pork and it's really oh. yeah it's really like this and I'm thinking can I save this can I serve this like I I don't know if I can serve this like it smells like burning rubber, I don't think I can, uh, so I'm going to throw that away. It's like, all right, live and learn. I put too much raw pork in the blender. Not, not that I <laughs> So instead of um, going back and checking the directions, I just thought, well, I just over, I over, I over packed the pork in the, in the blender, so I'll just do less. Um, but I think by this point I had done some damage to the blender because I, I I was never really able to success. I kept adding liquid and I was like jamming this thing into the spoon into the blender to try to mix, make it, you know, like unjam and it was jammed up and it smelled terrible. And oh. what was in there looked so gross. Like it really did. It just looked like, it looked like regurgitated food. Like it just was, I mean, I don't know that cooked pork would have looked any prettier <laughs> than the pureed raw pork, but this was pretty bad. And as I'm doing this, and, and by the way, I'm covered in it. I'm like covered in raw pork because I keep, and, and it's splattering and it's a mess. And, um, and it's getting to be at the time when people are going to come. 
to work. So like I have to sort of get my shit together. So I'm trying to figure this out and I'm like jamming at that moment and like stick this, um, like a metal carving fork. I thought, well, this will unjam it. But, and I took it out of the thing. Like I knew enough not to get electrocuted. I took the, the, the jar of the blender off the base and I have this, uh, this fork and I'm like trying to dig this chunk of pork that's stuck between the blade and the bottom out of the blender. And as I'm like sort of like almost like a giant, corkscrew and I look up and the woman that hired me is standing in the doorway and time stopped <laughs> like it was total silence and there I could hear nothing and I see her and she clearly has been standing there for at least you know long enough she's been watching me long <laughs> enough and she said you have no idea what you're doing do you <laughs> and I took off my apron <laughs> and I put down my carving fork and my blender and I took off my hairnet and I just sort of turned like I was so mortified I was so embarrassed I had I had never fucked up I was always like this overachiever I had never made such a huge error in judgment on my own part ever and that my mother might dispute that claim but I really <laughs> feel that that's true um and I just, she said that, and I just took off all of my, you know, aprons and things, and I just walked out. <laughs> and I walked out the way I came in, and the, the lady in the hallway went, Bye, honey! <laughs> <laughs> and I walked out, and that was the first and only time I've ever been fired. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. That, I wish you'd been like... And I'm 16 years old. Like this. <laughs> I was, I was, I was 16 years old, oh. and um, I'm just grateful I didn't kill anybody. Like I could have, abs- I absolutely could have killed well, somebody. Raw, raw, raw pork, pork soup yeah. would have definitely given oh, trichinosis. Yeah. God, but <laughs> then I went. I, then my, I immediately followed that up by getting hired as a shorter cook at a bowling alley coffee shop, which was much more my speed. Yeah, that's I, interesting. Yeah, did you lie about your age? Uh, I'm sure I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I did. All right, who's next? I think it's Michael Zara. All right, pass this down to Michael Zara. Hi. 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 It's Michael Zara. I'm Michael Zara or Zara. <laughs> Is it Zara or Zara? It's Zara if you're from the East Coast, and uh-huh. it's Zara if you're from the West Coast. What is this Italian? West Coast, West Coast thing. Uh, it's Italian, but I don't know. Every cousin on the East Coast of mine says Zara. Well, hey, or, yeah, that hard A is very East Coast. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. So, uh, Colleen and I talked like a week ago about this and, um, I, I don't want to, I'm very, a very honest person. So I don't want to lie that my actual first, first job, (laughs) which lasted like two weeks was, uh, when I was 15 testing calculators for my (laughs) friend's dad's company. So I, I mean, I got paid, but. Yeah, we. What were you testing on the calculator? I don't know. We were just like (laughs) testing the batteries. I think Uh it was like it was uh, making sure the buttons don't stick. Yeah, kind of a thing. Like make the calculators himself. He imported them from. He was Israeli and he imported them. W two. I think I got a paycheck. Yeah, and he took us to a nice Italian restaurant for lunch. Anyway, (laughs) so um, so my first real real job was at a little store called Ann Taylor. (laughs) And I was 16 
and looking for a job. And my mom was like, well, you should work at Ann Taylor. <laughs> and this was all just so she could get a discount for the clothes. So she had become friendly with the uh, general manager, the head manager of the Ann Taylor at the Scottsdale Fashion Square, <laughs> which was like it's the very upscale. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the mecca of teen shopping in Scottsdale, which is what all I did as a teenager. And uh, the woman that hired me, like she just reminded me of Paula Poundstone. So picture like Paula Poundstone <laughs> oh. in like a cardigan. Get rid of the red tie and the. <laughs> the big blazer and put her in a, a twin set. Um, Please do. And uh, so I started in the back room, like sorting shoes. That was sort of my job for a while. And then they moved me to the front of the store where I was helping women. I was helping women with getting them clothes or ringing them up. And this is the, late nineties. Um, and I think I was like the only friend, like I was out of my friends. I was the only person that worked. So I would like call my friends. I remember calling my friend Briley at like nine in the morning, like before the store opened and just being like, hi. And she's like, why are you calling me on a Saturday morning at nine? I am a 16 year old and need to sleep. Cause we sleep for 40 hours a day. Anyway, so I just, I didn't know what I was doing. But um, so the two sort of key stories for working at Ann Taylor as a gay boy in Scottsdale, Arizona at 16. Uh, the first one was there was a perk to working at Ann Taylor as a gay boy at 16. There was a really adorable raver boy <laughs> that passed the store and he looked kind of like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Romeo and Juliet or Titanic. I guess it was more Titanic back then. Titanic was before Romeo and Juliet, no, right? No, no, no. Romeo and Juliet. Okay, so Romeo and Juliet. And he was more raver boy in. Right. So I never really liked him. But anyway, he he was cute. <laughs> the raver boy? Or no, I liked the raver boy. You just need to make sure you threw in so everyone knew you did not like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> right. I didn't, I, anyway. That's but important. he, he was this cute, cute guy. And he, I think he had to ask his friend to ask me out. It was sort of a weird, like, <laughs> this again was like the late 90s, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. So. Well, that's a very teenage thing to do. Yeah. Man, it was like, you know, I was like the only out person. The only gay. The only gay kid in. <laughs> Working at Ann Taylor. I mean, I thanks, is. Mom. Uh, so anyway, he asked me out via his weird friend, girl, and uh, friend girl, <laughs> and uh, invited me to a rave. Oh. And I was not a raver. I was not cool. I was like barely knew who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was thinking, but um, basically my friends, uh, Reagan and Brandy, were like raver adjacent and they got me <laughs> dressed up and I think I wore like their clothes because <laughs> I didn't have any raver clothes. Like the, not Django, what are the? Jinko. Jinko? The, the giant The jeans. giant jeans. Yeah, Jinko jeans. Jinkos, yeah. They're back. Sure. They're back. Uh, Which, but anyway, I, I, I put those on and I had his friend pick me up in like a pickup truck and take me to the desert 
to meet him at this rave. And um, anyway, I didn't think I was going to tell this whole rave story. But basically, <laughs> I got there. And I think it was the first time I'd had beer. Like there was like, you know, kegs and stuff. And I and literally the middle of nowhere, like an hour and a half out of Phoenix. So I didn't know where I was. I didn't I, I think I had a car, but I didn't know where I was going. There was not GPS or anything like that. So all I remember is that the guy wasn't there when I got there. And then once I found him, like a couple hours later, he was like fucked up and like <laughs> couldn't communicate. So that was a bust. And then I think I like drank a lot. And then <laughs> there was a shot at the party. Like a gunshot? Well, I remember being <laughs> drunk and saying, someone's been shot. <laughs> like as a joke. <laughs> but it could have been a balloon popping. But basically... <laughs> The party got broken up by the cops, so we, I got into that weird pickup truck and was dropped off at Reagan and Brandy's house. Uh, so that was my one, the one story. And then the second story is I was very, I was chubby until 16, and then I shot up to from, I went from like 5'9 to 6 feet, and I was like 145 pounds. I was like crazy thin. I had bleached my hair and it looked so bad, so I I dyed it jet black. So I had really dark hair. I had no facial hair. I had my crazy <laughs> eyelashes and everybody thought I wore makeup. And I was working at Ann Taylor. And one woman specifically, I, a, a foreign gal, I won't say what nationality because I don't want to come off racist, but she called me, I, I feel like in my mind, this is probably not the case, but she called me miss about 400 times during the transaction. She was a customer. She was a customer and I was ringing her up and it's like, you know, okay, one blouse. Yes. Thank you, miss. Do you want a gift wrap? Yes, miss. Like everything in my mind, she probably said miss once or twice, but it was like 4 million times. Um, and I was a full grown Human. I was not like 12, like, you know, when I was in Beverly Hills and the woman said miss to me that the waitress at the <laughs> restaurant. This was like I was a teenager and grown. Um, so that was fun. And then I, I quit that job at some point And uh, I didn't I don't think I had a job after that in high school. Now, most jobs like that, you have to wear the clothes of the place. Right. I was thinking wondering the same thing. <laughs> so I, what do you wear? All women. Right? All women I wore sweater vests <laughs> and, and button-down shirts, you know? But I didn't wear their... I, there was, I think there was one time that like there was a blouse that looked sort of <laughs> masculine. <laughs> and I, I, I think I almost bought it or almost wore it, but it didn't happen, but... Anyway, did your mom get a good discount? She did. I think it was like 40% off or something. Yeah. So she was happy. Thanks, mom. I cannot believe she got you a job at Ann Taylor. It's just, it's, it's terrible. But did you, did you secretly call it Ann Gaylor? I didn't. I never thought of that. Um, but it was, it was, it was definitely, uh, an experience. So that's that's my first job. Our childhoods are reversed. You were confused as, as a girl, and I was confused with yeah, being a boy, and exactly. we were both the same height. Yep. 
I just like to say that I would do anything to see to <laughs> see you yeah. readopt that look. <laughs> I would do anything. What jet black hair and being dangerously and underweight? Were you pale or were you tan? Oh, I was very pale. To jet black hair. I I avoided the sun. I looked I looked I looked almost goth. Yeah. 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 And dangerously underweight. Yeah. All right, so now we are on Jennifer Smith. All right, so I guess full disclosure then, I also had babysitting jobs, but I, I you know, I don't count those. Well, as by like your first weird jobs. rules of W-2s. Right. It's not a first job. Right. Uh, and I can't remember timeline-wise if when I applied to work at Williams-Sonoma, that was before I got the job I got or afterwards, but I was very resentful of the fact that I did not get a job at Williams-Sonoma. You could change your destiny. But that's, it could have, <laughs> but that's entirely unrelated. So I worked at Ben Franklin's, which... Oh, Ben Franklin Five and Dime. It's a craft store mm -hmm. unrelated to the Ben Franklin Five and Dime craft stores. Oh. Like a Michael's? It's like a Michael's, yeah. but the Hawaii Ben Franklin's is different. It's not franchise of the oh. mainland Ben Franklin's. It's its own Ben Franklin's. It's its own Ben Franklin's. So there's Ben Franklin's Crafts, there's Ben Franklin's Hawaii, and then there's Ben Franklin's. <laughs> not important. So it was in, if you know the Coco Marina Mall, it was in the place where the Thrifties was, where I used to go in and open the Gobstoppers boxes and steal one Gobstopper. So I only need one. Um, so I have a lot of bad experiences, and I don't think any good experiences. So I want to tell all my bad experiences. <laughs> the first of which is I got my tires slashed. What? <laughs> yes. Not really slashed. Like, I just came out, and I had a flat tire, and it had, like, a clean stab line. It was also the first time I changed my own tire. But, yeah, someone had stuck something into my tire. Because of something you did? I don't think so. <laughs> they were I mean, I was pretty, like, I'm They a, couldn't find the googly eyes. And yeah. I was a square. I still am a square. It was Ian's old Ford that was mine. I mean, but I did change my own tire. Um, it was all to the place where my dog Precious, when she, she didn't die there, but she died, and I, uh... The mall, not the no, no, no. She died, the and then I Franklin's? had to go to work. Oh, and you I left her in the car. No, she died at home. <laughs> okay. She died at home in my lap. A very, very sad, sad death. And I had to go to work. And I said, you know, I don't think I can stop crying. I want to work. And they're like, you can go home, but we'll write you up. <gasps> Jesus, didn't that make you cry even more? No, that made me like steal up, wow. get all gritty, and so I stayed and I worked. Because I didn't want the write-up. Because I was going to go down without a write-up. Sure. Um, got to be a doctor someday. I got to be a doctor someday. I can't have any write-ups, but I did get a write-up, which is where I'm going with this story. But I want to describe just some of the people who worked there. So there's Nikki. And Nikki had very, very short hair, kind of like spiky short hair, and full, like a tan face and full pancake makeup on her tan Man, face. Oh, her, a female. Okay. A female. To N-I-K-K-I. So, like... Full on, just like tan neck. White and then, woman? No, Asian woman. Was with, she had a tan neck with like pancake makeup? Tan neck <laughs> and then pancake makeup and then like pancake rouge So her cheeks. whole body was tan, but she put on the pancake. Yeah, she was an Asian woman of like an olive skin with pancake Hawaiian face makeup. Asian, so Hawaiian Asian. Hawaiian Asian. Yes. Polynesian? Polynesian. 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 Anyway, she also <laughs> used to brag about like how little her pants were. But then, but then she would lift up her shirt and she had pulled all of her fat to be like above the belt line. And she was actually like a manager I liked, but she'd pull all of it that. So she was in like a size 10 pant, which was her thin pant that she was proud of. 
but all of her fat was just like <laughs> sitting she over it, and up her size and she, in order to get in and she fat. would show it. <laughs> what? Like she was proud of it, so she would show it to all the shop girls. So, <laughs> she would show you the tummy. Yeah, she would pull up her shirt and see, like, see, I'm in a size ten, and then you would well, just see like the pulled up gut. Funny, like she was a jokester. No, <laughs> she was no, just in denial. it wasn't. It was like a tip to us. <laughs> it's not a. <laughs> Of like how to wear thinner pants. Um, so she was a manager I liked. Uh, and then I worked with we, Michelle. I think her name was Kai and myself. We were the three cashiers. And we were like uh, uh, the bears. Goldilocks bears. Goldilocks and the three bears. So that Michelle was evil. Like super mean but fast on the register. So she like processed 40 people well. Kai on the other end, super nice and super accurate. Would process two, and then I was in between. I was just right. I was the right amount of accurate, kind, and fast. <laughs> so just right in the middle. Anyway, I think it was Michelle who may have slashed my tires. By the way, she was oh. super, super, super evil and didn't care. Fast and fast <laughs> and fast. Could have been Kai. At least suspecting. I don't think yeah. it was Kai. Or she was, was really nice. Pancake face. Her name means ocean. No, Nikki. Nikki was really nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, so the first really bad experience I had was Precious died and then they tried to give me a write-up and I didn't take it. And then the second bad experience, we got a new manager. So after six months, I was supposed to get a raise, a review and a raise. We didn't get that because we kept going through managers, I think probably because everybody was super unhappy working there. Um, but the new manager was this really fun guy and I like him because a woman called and said, do you have pearlescence? Opal spray. I was like, of course we have pearlescence opal spray. We're a craft store. And I had just checked the other day. We had had pearlescence opal spray. So I told her we did, and I told her it was on hold for her. And when she came to pick it up, she was like, it's not it's not the right one. There's pearlescence opal, and then there's pearlescence. And I had just grabbed her pearlescence, not pearlescence opal. And the only other store on the island that had pearlescence opal spray was in uh, Pearl City, which, if you know Hawaii, is very far Pretty <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but it was pretty far from Coca Marina, and I felt really bad and really guilty, and then mad at the same time. And I was like, "Well, I'll just drive to Pearl City, and I'll get her the pearlescence opal spray." But you couldn't because your tire was. Oh, but I couldn't. Get, this is a different day. Oh, okay. Anyway, the nice manager, he went to Pearl City. He was like, "I'll get it. I'm the manager." And that was great, and he was like, "And we'll get you that raise." So I really liked him. Then this blonde woman, who I liked for a minute, who'd come from Japan. Who had like she was like Doris Day from Japan because she had like really hyper blonde hair, and these all these like these Asian women who are she like was not an Asian pancake woman. white she face. was not an Asian woman. she I was a white she's Japanese no she'd she come from, from Japan, Japan. she like oh. opened a store in Japan <laughs> I just assumed that she'd come from Japan not have been Franklin I never assumed just because someone came I, from someplace that they're I, actually from that place that's a good point yeah. so I thought she was really chic and then I realized she was the devil um, just like the other girl yes. So I had a gr school project. I was 17. Oh, I also worked Thanksgiving morning, which if you know me, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So to work Thanksgiving morning is insane. How old were you? 17. Okay. Going on 18. Sure. So uh, <laughs> in my senior last, last year of high school, I had physics and I had a project where we had to build a race car. A full-size race car? No, like a... Oh. Like a little one. A little, like a mousetrap race car. Gotcha. I don't know why that's a physics project anyway, but that's what we had to do. I had, had that do. in my physics class too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
So <laughs> across the water, <laughs> apparently from Hawaii to San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Master race cars. So I needed to take time off, and I was going to exchange shifts with this other girl. I don't remember her name, and she said, "I don't know if I can." And so I told the boss, I said, I have to do a group project for school. I have to build a mouse trap race car. Um, so I cannot be here. I think this person is going to cover my shift. And so it was very iffy. She was going to cover my shift. She never confirmed it. And we were going to shift, Your swap, shifts. swap shifts. So she ended up covering mine, but she never told me that she had covered it. So I assumed my shift was gone and I was going to get some sort of punishment, but I had to let everybody know. But then the shift that I was supposed to have swapped with came up mm. and I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to give me a write-up. They wanted to give me a write-up for that. And I fought this write-up. I thought, no, she never told me. Although I had made clear to you that I had school, a school project, I had to make that race car. <laughs> so I, ref- I fought it. And you can't fight a write-up. Not at Ben Franklin. No. Anywhere. You cannot fight a write-up. The only other option is you just get fired. Couldn't you break the person's hand or something and <laughs> they physically cannot write. write up? Yes, I guess I could have done that. And it was the blonde woman who gave me the write-up. Oh, from Japan. The door from Japan. Oh. So I, it was a real turning point with that. So eventually I signed it and I signed it defiantly. Like, And I wrote like a little note, like, I do not agree with the terms and principles of this write-up. I contest all elements and aspects of this write-up. Can you write-up. retain counsel for this? Like, is that something that... I've never been in a she job where you can be written up. I was representing right. myself. And then okay. I called in the big guns later. So <laughs> I started to file complaints because, one, I had not gotten my raise that I was entitled to and not gotten my reviews. And I was working the frame store, which is kind of a promotion to work the frame store, <laughs> with a woman who thought I was 30. <laughs> the frame store too. woman was like, oh, you're 18? I thought you were 30. I'm like, that's a real compliment. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of good work, and I'm getting write-ups that I didn't deserve. So I started a letter campaign <laughs> to the, the owners of Ben Franklin's. And uh, they agreed to see me because I had they decided ben himself. Nah, Ben's son. <laughs> the Ben Franklin. Ben and Franklin. <laughs> so the owners, the very like white portly in their Aloha shorts, uh, Aloha shirts owners agreed to see me. And I think they were still in Coco Marina Mall, like on the second floor somewhere. And my dad went with me. <laughs> and I made my case that I had gotten this unfair write up. And also that I was do a raise, find <laughs> a review, and they told me that my attitude was poisoning the staff <laughs> and infectious. And what they would like to do, since it was coming up on graduation at this point, and they knew like I was nearing the end of time I would be in Hawaii, that they would like to pay me for four weeks worth of work and with a backdated raise if I just left. Quietly. <laughs> what? So, over a write-up? Over a write-up, and then uh, I didn't get a and raise. Your, your toxic and my God, you're personality. Toxic. Right. And this is the only time I have ever been a defiant, like anything. That I don't ever. believe. It is true. All right. I'm not very defiant. Okay. Um, they paid you to go away. They paid me to go away. That's amazing. What were they trying to hide? There, I think there was a cover-up going on. <laughs> Maybe. 
But maybe she did, really wasn't from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she well, really she could was. see her because she was really thin and like round. And she looked like Doris Day in the 80s, but in 1998, 99. <laughs> <laughs> and then hyper blonde hair, and you think is nice, and then you find out like is a toad inside. <laughs> so and that's the end of, I know your that's the end of my story. Wow. Uh, so we have a discount. I think we got a five percent discount. Oh, that is no Taylor discount. Five percent. Yeah. I guess their prices are so low as it is. And they weren't. <laughs> I mean, in my recollection, they were cheaper than what Michaels is today. I mean, but I've never been to Hobby Lobby. It's inflation. And I had to work on Thanksgiving. Like there were people in lines. At like 6 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day to buying? get craft supplies. They had, had a bag, and then you could shove everything in that bag. You could get it for 40% off. <laughs> so that stingy Michael's coupon, that's 40% off. One item. See? Michael's is not good. Anyway, that's... I've been, I've been good at every job ever since. <laughs> and now you're a doctor. Almost. No, you now I'm almost a doctor, and I've been at one job for 16 years. You sound a little defiant to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darren, it's your turn. Pass the mic to Darren. Uh-oh. Well, I have to admit, I'm a bit of a charlatan as well, because <laughs> when we were all at... at failed dim sum the other night. Uh, we were <laughs> reminiscing about first jobs and uh, the, uh, jokingly everyone turned to, you know, was like, oh, I don't actually remember if that's how it happened. I'm a charlatan at this moment. But <laughs> somehow it came up about my first it job. probably me. Someone said, what was your first job, Darren? Sounds like you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to think about that because I am a late bloomer when it comes to working. Uh, my job all up through my 20s, really into my 30s, has been the cultivation of, of, my, of my mind, my artistic faculties, <laughs> my growth as a human being and a human spirit outside of a job paradigm. Uh, <laughs> clearly. That, I, mean, I mean, you have a trust fund? You no, I, don't, I have no trust fund. Oh, all right. Just gotta, supportive parents. Yeah, I have a living sure. trust fund. Uh, but, but, you know, I've, I've worked for that trust fund. I've... Sure. I've, I've you know, kissed up, I've been nice, I've been a good son, I haven't gotten in trouble. The kissing up, it wasn't even, like, purposeful. It's just in my nature. I'm a very accommodating, <laughs> nice person. So, you know, I, I had said I, this this weird reality TV job I thought was my first job when I was 31, and that is absolutely not true. I'm a liar. My, my real first job was 26, uh, and so not so long ago. But I don't know if it's even worth talking about that one because it was like a, it was like a Cinderella story. <laughs> I, I Fresh out of grad film school, I got a job as a host on Life After Film School on the Fox Movie Channel. And cool. it wasn't too, like, it was fun, but not necessarily too exciting. So I feel like since everyone's been bending and stretching, I could talk about my first reality TV job. Okay. If that is acceptable to everyone yeah, here. Yeah, we accept. I, I could bend I, that much. I could might be defined, but I'm all right. I could bring, I'll bring counsel if I need to like find bylaws in your like no, structure. No, no, no. I, clearly, I, I did not do my first job. I did my first time being fired from a job. I invested right. calculators. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is also my first time being fired from a job. Oh, see? There without it just right. ending. This oh, was my first time. And your first time, you didn't get fired. No, you just left. I quit. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a kind of, it's a self-firing, right? Yeah. So I, um, in, in, in the fall of, whenever I was, th- wow. 
I don't remember what year, 2011, 2012, 2012, 2012. So long ago. It was so long ago, I can't even remember. I I don't, you know. I think Uh, Obama was president. (laughs) I think Obama was the president um, of the United States. And uh, I got a call out of the blue. I'm not going to use these people's names to protect their their identities. We'll call them Flute. Um, which, Mike, you might know who I'm talking about. Flute. Uh, friends who are named after musical instruments. Yeah. Yeah. So Flute calls me up. He says, I, you know, I got this, I got this potential job. It's going to be great. Uh, it's at this reality TV show. I think I'm going to be like the showrunner. I don't really know. I think, but I think we're just going to be able to do whatever we want. So he I. also drinks a lot of Diet Coke. He drinks <laughs> a lot. I learned about his two liters uh, to come. And uh, I I thought, okay, well, you know, this sounds a little far-fetched, but I am not doing anything else, and apparently it paid well, and it did. So I thought, you know, I will go down Flute's, I'll take, I'll follow Flute where he leads me. Uh, And he also enlisted another friend of ours named Bob. Um, You may know him, he's bearded, Michael. That's not helpful. But anyhow. Married? No. Oh. Anyhow, this is okay. for another time. Right. So uh, I, I go down to like El Segundo, which you know it's high quality. This was a, a show, it was for a reality TV show for the Weather Channel's attempted rebranding to, oh. to <laughs> not be a network for old people yes. who, like the Grey Gables people, I'm sure loved Hi, this. Exactly, right? <laughs> so they wanted to do some hipper and edgier stuff. So we thought, oh, great, you know, this is this flute had been like on on Yo, Yo Mama, that show on MTV. He was a, a master insulter, very edgy in, a, in, like, <laughs> in like a fake edgy way, I guess. Um, and so I thought, this will be great. Let me go for these meetings. He's like, oh, you don't even have to do that much work. I've already sifted through the hours of, of footage for this reality TV show, which was about fishermen who make artificial reefs in Alabama. <laughs> so this is not exactly the most like scintillating thing, but I thought, like I say, it's it's good money. I have nothing to lose, and and I you know get to just be a, f- a funny person, and I don't even have to edit. I thought is what I was told. I don't even have to because I originally thought it was going to be like so what was the job? Yeah, what did you think the job to be like a be? writer? Because I hate to break it to everybody, but reality TV is written, right? I mean, I don't think that's a controversial statement, but maybe some <laughs> of our layman listeners, no, I don't it know. It is true, but it is not recognized by the guild. I know. Yeah. I, so I was gonna be like a story editor. Yes. Uh, which the is how they, how they get around it. That's how they get around yes. it. For fishermen building <laughs> reefs, right? Yeah. And so we we. But go- they had already filmed it, so you'd be in the editing process. Editing, fudging, fudging it, finding stories, yeah. breaking the story, doing all that stuff. Breaking, biting, all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So. He's like, but you have to come in this weekend. I was like, a weekend? These are precious to me. I cultivate my mind. I do all sorts of things on weekends. So like, I got to go in and do this. Uh, but but I did it. I did it. And I met I met Flute and Bob. Uh, and we went. I went to the Drollinger building, uh, which is where it was. Um, and we just sat there and we we met who are like. And he's like, oh, there's this guy. And I don't remember what his real name was, but for some reason he just seemed to me like his name should be Petruchio. So we all started calling him Petruchio. So this guy's name forevermore was Petruchio to us. And that's how we talked and we would talk in code, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So that's Shakespeare, right? Petruchio. Yeah, taming of the shrew. Right, right. And so uh, maybe because he was like taming us, I don't know. In my mind there was some connection. This sure, guy sure. was Petruchio. So we're sitting there like talking about the story, and I mean I'm suggesting all sorts of things like the big the, the patriarch of the family. 
uh, has a has a twin brother who lived in New Orleans and comes down with his like prostitutes to try and like take over the th- like ridiculous stuff. And then uh, there was a there was a main character on the show named. Um, Wait, were you pitching all this having not seen any footage? I've seen not a lick of footage. <laughs> I mean, I think I saw five minutes of footage, maybe max. This was like so you kind of didn't know how it worked. Well, they they gave me the like. Who was on the show? Who the main like the main people on it were? But were any of these people from New Orleans in a prostitute? Pass? No, no. Okay. no we just went. And, and then like so, there was another main character. His name was Roger. This he's supposed to be like the big jolly like fat guy, the jokester. And I was like, I wanted. I I pitched a storyline that we would have to go in and get some pickups for, in which he would go fall off the boat into the reef, and but somehow he'd be in scuba gear and he'd get a bubble in his brain. <laughs> and that he would be in a coma and think he saw mermaids. And I really was pushing for him to say, I done got... three years ago? <laughs> yeah. I, I done got a bubble in my brain. I just... I, that's all I wanted. I done got a bubble in my brain. Um, needless to say, Petruchio was like, what are, what are you talking... Like, this is ridiculous. No. And so we had to be a little more traditional. By the end of that first day, we had, we had like broken like a, maybe three episodes or like figured out at least what was going to happen. So then the weekend passes. I come into my, my, my first day in the office. Now, this was on floor three of a five-story building. And we shared the top floor, the fifth floor, was the headquarters of this production company. That's where all the bigwigs worked. Now, we were on floor three next to a sickle cell anemia clinic. And you would just have these sad-looking sickle cell-afflicted women parading through this place. And like, exactly. And, and, but, and down in the bottom floor was me, Flute, Bob, and our assigned assistant, who I think we called Pepperdine, because that's where he went. And um, we each had our own offices, and we had whiteboards out there, and I insisted wow. we have code names. So Flute, Flute was uh, Chicken Fingers, Bob was Teach, and I was Moves, with a Z. Moves. Um, I think of the whole thing because I've got him. It was like a whole shtick, right? And so we, and then we had to like go through, parse through the footage, and like, just put together chunks of it and, and, and just put together clips, not even whole shows, just like try and get it together. And I guess in reality TV, when you're doing that kind of stuff, I didn't know this, but if you need them to like say more like they're, they're confessionals, you provide the lines. You just do like a still uh, of them and you do the line. So I was in there in the booth all day doing like, I don't got a bubble in my brain. And we're like, I don't want to do that. You know, I see mermaids. Yeah, exactly. And like, and they reloop this, or they just use. Well, so what, what what happened is because we're crafting what they already have, they're going to have to go back and reshoot to get what they need to finish out the episode. Uh, based on, and we would feed them lines, and I mean, and this was really poorly shot. Too. I mean, this was like not great. So, uh, and we would occasionally meet to discuss what we were doing, and we would like cackle like like jackals, like hyenas in that in that room. I mean, those poor sickle cell anemia women must have heard. <laughs> Such things, and we were just like ridiculous. And like, Flute was really worried that he, he really wanted to impress Petruchio and Petruchio's boss. Uh, we'll call him, um, you know, like we'll just call him Big Boss because he was kind of a buff guy. He used to be a, a model and an actor before he became a reality TV mm-hmm. mogul. Um, well, I don't know if it's a mogul, but it's a very <laughs> successful reality t- t- TV show. Coral Fisher. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he had he has some much bigger shows, but if I tell you, then everyone will just know, and I'll be have a vendetta against me and be murdered. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't trust after watching true crime documentaries all weekend. That being said, uh, I uh, um, where was I? Oh yes. So we were cackling. We would cackle in the office. He was worried about getting fired. I. 
I really didn't care because if I had the job or didn't have the job, it wasn't going to make or break my life. I know that sounds like a spoiled brat, but I wasn't born that way. I just became one somewhere in my teens. It's just how it happens, right? <laughs> that's when, you know, I, that's when we went, you know, anyhow, I won't go into my backstory. It's, it's quite a rags to riches tale to like rags. Um, but uh, uh, so I was like, I just didn't care. And as I was relaxed, I, you know, I loved everything I was doing, but there's always, I felt this threat that we could be fired at any minute. Now, as they kept on seeing more of what we were doing, we started getting more and more restrictions. And it became very clear that this promise of him being the showrunner was just not true. In fact, Petruchio seemed more of a showrunner. But for at least those first half week, we thought we were in control. <laughs> Suddenly, a showrunner comes in, this short guy, kind of stocky and fat. We, he had like a really bad fake tan, and so I dubbed him Honey Baked. So this guy was Honey Baked, and he just had no sense of humor. And we, they wanted us to make the show funny and edgy for like Weather Channel standards. And we would do stuff, it was almost like Tim and Eric, uh, awesome show style of editing for this reality TV show. And like they would look at this, Petruchio would look at it in total horror and be like, no, this is not. And then Honey Baked was like, I don't get it, this isn't funny. Like we would, I would just loop things. I, I think there was a rib eating competition at one point, and I, I dubbed over all the judges um, eating to do, like, and I made really terrible mouth noises, and I think, uh, Michael, you might know this, uh, uh, remember on uh, America's Next Top Model when Joni has the snaggle tooth? <laughs> yeah. We did, like, a, a montage of, like, Roger's relatives, like, and, which were just Roger, was pictures of Roger with wigs on. Till finally the last one we did the elephant noise and like they were like no not not for Weather Channel like maybe A and E but not Weather Channel <laughs> so I guess we were being A and E funny but then at one point the big boss wanted to come down and and, uh -huh. and, and take a look and he loved everything we were doing he thought he said that now he thought I was uh, ten years younger than I was he thought we were all in our early twenties and. And he said that we were we were like cutting edge of the cutting edge of our generation. <laughs> and so I, I was like, oh, okay, sh sure. I mean, I just thought this whole place was full of shit. I mean, I like I couldn't and like, but everyone was like, and Bob was afraid and Flute was afraid, and I was like, whatever. We get fired, we get fired. I'll just go back to what I'm doing. And then I remember after the first week, last day, Flute comes down. He goes up to floor five to talk with him because we got all our information from Flute. Everything was disseminated through him. And he said to me, he pulls me aside, he goes, so they're going to fire one of us. And he told me to pick who I want to keep. And I'm going to pick you because you have more avid experience. <laughs> but don't tell them that, and he told Bob as well, but don't tell them that I told you this because they told me not to tell you guys. But of course I'm telling you. So that day they were, they were parading around their, their recent triumph, which was this, this year's Shark Week. And so they were calling us up while they were all watching their recent episodes of Shark Week to let us know who was being fired or not. And, and we go up there after that first week. Petruchio points at Bob and makes the like universal no. slitting his throat gesture. He goes like this. Well, no one can see it, but maybe you can hear it. But like it's like a slit throat thing. And then he points at me and goes, you survived. And I have a mortal fear of sharks. And they're like, no, come, come watch Shark They would not let me leave until I sat and watched Shark Week. Just great whites jumping out of the ocean over and over and over again. It was trauma. And then, like, to add insult to injury, they would pass around these, like, really, like, old supermarket cookies and say, you know, courtesy of Big Boss. Like, that's, we would just, like, and we were there, like, more than, 
I mean, we were there a long time. We were there like 14 hours a day at, at the first week. Um, and so once Honeybake got in, uh, they also brought in a new editor. I was kicked out of my office by that second week, and I had to sit outside. Poor me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> second week, it, I just essentially turned into an assistant editor and sat there. It was super boring. I got to do some of the humorous stuff, and... Oh, I forgot of some major details. That first week on the white whiteboard, I drew on it the um, Arbacht Macht Frei, which was above Auschwitz. I drew the gate sign, and I drew a man vomiting rainbow colors because there was rainbow colored um, Sharpie, and we kept on building on this. And they left that up for the for like a week and a half. No one said anything. Like HR people came down, they looked at it. No one said anything. And 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 in, and in Flute's office, I had drawn a picture of a naked. Hitler, except as a woman, because I was working on a script at the time called Lady Hitler, um, and so I was trying to like, as, you do. <laughs> as one does, yeah. uh, I was, you know, and I had that up there. I just was, I was per pushing just because I didn't care. So I was like, this is very unprofessional, and I guess I have a pattern of that now, as I've as I've learned. But um, I, I I was pushing a little, and also there was a map of of the U.S. and we kept on putting pins in and talking about how. A bomber, a serial killer had struck there, and we would move a pin each time. And we would tell people, we'd tell everybody, oh, the serial killer struck again every time we moved a pin. <laughs> I just did not take this this thing seriously. Um, and so, so Bob was gone. I was an assistant editor. We just stayed in our office. And then we started taking increasingly longer and longer lunch breaks. Uh, like, it started, it was only half an hour at first, and then it turned into like three hours at one point. Uh, and then, um, like, we, we would do meetings to talk about ideas, and they liked some of them. I think I suggested that Roger was going to breastfeed a snake. He was going to, like, they, they, they just were not going for it. Um, and then a, a lot of these ideas were, were drawn up at the local Panera, um, which oh, maybe man. that had something to do with the, the mania. Uh, and so then um, we, the, 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 End of the second weekends, and then the, the first week begins, we go upstairs to the fifth floor. We'll call it up and said, you guys are moving up. You're moving to the fifth floor. This was halfway through the week. And they're like, you're not editing, because we complained. We're like, we did not sign up to be assistant editors and editors. We signed it up to be showrunner and story editor and story, you know, producer and like stuff like that. So like, okay, fine, fine, fine. They moved us up to share an office on the fifth floor. And we would call the people on the fifth floor fivers. So we said we're fine. We're fivers now. We're finally fivers, and like they would keep pictures of the fivers. Like the second week. <laughs> I know. We would keep pictures of the of the fiver. Uh, they they had pictures of the fivers on the fridge. So we thought, when are we gonna get our fridge picture? <laughs> so we sat in the office and we would review footage, and we found this like footage from their old Christmas. And at one point, the dad hits one of the or, or uh, something like, "Don't do that!" And then you hear like a slam sound, and then the kid starts crying. So we wanted to pitch this like abuse storyline. And how, like, when he would see this Christmas, we wanted to give him the boat he got on, the little miniature boat he got on Christmas, which would spark him to remember his, like, abuse from his father. They did not go for that. We started cackling, you know, upstairs on the five, the fifth floor, but there were no sickle cell people around there to, like, to, to ignore it. So, like, they all heard us, and, like, it was, like, I don't know, it was quiet. It was pin drop quiet on four or five. Like, you do not rock the boat down. That's for, like, floor three. I think we, we dubbed ourselves the chuckle zone. Because we were so, we were so, well, that was our, th I think that's, that was our coping mechanism. So we were the chuckle zone. After a long two weeks, we needed a coping mechanism. So by the end of the third week, every time Flute, Flute would call me, every time Flute would call me, I'd be like, are we fired? Are we fired yet? And finally, on the weekend, before the fourth week, I said, are we fired? And he goes, because they never told me how long this job was for. It wasn't supposed to be long term. It was supposed to be for like a week. And it 
Tortuis and it was going on. And he's like, yeah, we got fired. We're finally fired. I was like, finally. <laughs> but um, uh, I think we looked into how much it was to rent space in the Drawlinger building and it was actually quite affordable. So we had c concocted this plot to start <laughs> Chuckle Zone Productions and work because they moved out of the third floor. Oh no, the sickle cell clinic closed. That's what happened. Aww. And we were going to move into the sickle cell clinic and be Chuckle Zone Productions just to irritate them and, and be disruptive. <laughs> That was that was my first reality TV job, and and and. Did you get paid? Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Quite I'm well. living I mean, off the millions. Right now. No, I, I wouldn't say millions, but it was a nice. It was a nice amount. Not as. I don't think it was enough for actually the amount of hours we worked. Do you think your fear of sharks comes from the fact that you are from South Africa? Well, let me just clarify. I am not from South. I was born in He's San Diego. Japanese. But I'm from Japan. My parents are South African. I'm a first generation. I'm the first American in my family. Why did I think that? Oh, yeah. It's just because they're from It's just probably my like attitude. It's very South African. It's so it's South, South African. African. I heard how much I know about South Africa and its attitude. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't think... I probably won't work for reality TV, I don't think. But I'd, I've talked to people since. A lot of people have worked for this company, and they're notorious for being, like, not so great with their employees. Like, notorious. I mean, that, like, we weren't so bad, but we, we, were, we were sold a bill of goods, so to speak. Yeah. And, and it turned out to just not be true. Like, they kind of suckered us. And what's crazy is Fluke got hired back and continued working for these people for months. And he would go in at one point for five minutes a week. Yeah. <laughs> And for, for months he did this, and they just didn't know. Oh. You mean like just bill it? Yeah. And then there are people who were like... They loved it. They thought his stuff was hilarious. Working their fingers. And they have shows now that are like Extreme Weather and How I Survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this they show aired. <laughs> this beautiful show how aired. How I Survived. They used all our ideas, many of our ideas, not the breastfeeding, but some of the more like tame ones, which I haven't mentioned, but I only got credit on that first episode, despite many of the ideas on the second and third were mine. So I might have to retain. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go together. You know. So yeah, that's it. My defiance week back. Thank you, Darren. You're welcome <laughs> for your hardships. <laughs> One and a, a half. Long job. Three and a half. Well, three weeks of, my, of your life. Of a very long. Two thousand twelve. Late. Yeah. You know. Listen. Uh, late. late no. It was two thousand eleven. Let me. Let me be. Oh, let me. Okay. Ooh. That makes sense. No. It was a different year. It was twenty twelve. I'm sorry. So it wasn't even four years ago. Well, that's why it's so fresh. That's why I could give you such great yeah. details. Fair enough. All right, guys. All right. Okay, now it's my time to tell my story. Bring us home, Colleen. Um, okay, so this is um, my first job. Uh, I had I uh, I worked at the Humane Society, but I was a volunteer, so that's not a, a job. <laughs> I like that we all. Um, but yeah, it was a volunteer, so it wasn't a job technically. So anyway, my first job, I was 15 years old. Um, I don't know why I decided to get a job. Um, I remember I had to apply for like a permit because you, if you were working under the age of something, you had to get like a, a worker's work permit. permit. Yeah, work permit. Um, I think it was mostly because, um, I wanted Doc Martens <laughs> and sure. My mom was like, I'm not buying you those. It was 95, right? Oh, uh, uh, 96? Yeah, it was probably like 95, 96. My mom was like, I'm not buying you those boots. Um, 
Yeah, I would have been. It would have been ninety four. I'm not gonna buy you those things. They're ugly. They. I think at the time they cost like one hundred and twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. And what um, color did were they? Cherry red? Well, wait, no, I wanted she black. Didn't black. To buy them because they were ugly, not because they. were She thought they were and ugly they were and expensive, and she thought I would never wear them because up until this point, I'd only worn sneakers, and and I. And it's Hawaii. And it's Hawaii, and I saw kids mm. in Doc Martens, and I wanted that. And so she's like, well, if you want them, you know, you'll have to buy them with your own money or whatever. So um, I applied to and got a job at Bubby's Ice Cream. Mm. Now, here's the thing about this little backstory on Bubby's. Bubby's uh, is a very delicious, there's a lot of negatives about this story, (laughs) this work relationship, but I ultimately want you to know, if you go to Hawaii, go to Bubby's. The ice cream is great. Okay. Um, it's locally made. It's delicious. It's some of the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. Um, they have really weird flavors like lihi moi and azuki bean and green tea. This was back in the 90s before everybody had, you know, green tea. Um, and they have these amazing uh, uh, ice cream pies and, and cakes and stuff and um, and, and, and it would be like dark, dark chocolate, chocolate chip. And the chunks would be like chunks you had to gnaw with your, your gnawing teeth. <laughs> like they were that big. <laughs> um, have like a sexual name. Well, this is the thing. So it had started out of, um, the universe, it was UH, just the Uni- University of Hawaii and Bubby's had been just there in the like university crowd. And it was started by this hippie, this fucking curly haired hippie Jerry, with like a mustache. Yeah. yeah sure. The, the Hawaii Ben and Jerry guy. Yeah. And, um, and he, everything had like a sexual name. Like there was a cake called, that was an ice cream cake with no cake in it. It was just ice cream and it had, um, Oreo cookie bottom and then it had, um, espresso ice cream, uh, dark, dark chocolate, chocolate chip, and then, um, (laughs) cookies and cream ice cream. And then it was covered in fudge and it was called multiple orgasms. And you get like a big slice of this. And there was something, I think it was a, like a multi-scoop sundae you would get. It was called like, knock me up on a blower. And he was... (laughs) Real scandalous for the Hawaii the University yeah, crowd. Sure. But they had opened a <laughs> secondary one in Kalamal. And Jennifer and I both have mall jobs. And Kalamal was a little bit more like, I don't think you could be waspy in Hawaii, but like whatever Hawaii's version of waspy is. So it was just like family, like a nice family mall. And so they had changed the names of these things. So it was like multiple organisms. was <laughs> 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 so dumb. And I can't remember what Bubby's like logo was, but that was kind of filthy. But it was slightly more um, subtle. No, it was Bubby's, and it said something like, um, "Don't you want to lick something or something like that?" So if you were a girl, and it was mostly female employees, you had the word Bubby's, and like, "Don't you want to lick something on your breasts?" Right. Um, But he didn't hire necessarily like a bunch of hot breasty girls it wasn't like well I wasn't hot Um, what was the hair it wasn't the hooters of 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 ice cream (laughs) what was the hair length it was short it was one of my ill ill conceived short haircuts and on a previous podcast I've mentioned that I was afraid of varicose veins so I was also wearing some poor tights under (laughs) my jeans and I had these weird shoes that a girl made fun of me and she said they looked like they were made of wicker um, not Doc Martens. Not Doc Martens yet, because I hadn't bought them yet. So I was in jeans, wicker shoes, and my Bubby's thing that said, don't you want to look something? And then a Bubby's hat, and I don't have, like, a hat head. Like, I don't have a lot of top head to fill out the top of, like, a baseball cap. I think you have to have the right head proportion. So it would, like, kind of sit on my head kind of limply and strangely, and 
I, like I a was, kid wearing dad's baseball yeah, hat. Yeah, it was just odd and not appropriate. Did anyway. you have your glasses? Uh, I don't think I have my glasses anymore. So anyway, so I'm working there. And here's the thing. Um, I'm actually an incredible employee. It is, when we get into defiance and hatred, <laughs> and obviously Jen and I having the same parents, um, I was amazing. Now, I may not have always been on time, and the reason why uh, is there's this, I don't I think it's- Island it's, time? It's not really a, oh, no, there's island time, but um, there was this main road, it's not really a highway, I guess it's a highway, Kalaniani it's kind of the equivalent of Santa Monica Boulevard in terms of size. And when I first moved to LA, it was the equivalent in terms of construction, like 10 oh, years uh-huh. of construction. So it was just constantly under construction. But if you wanted to kind of get anywhere that wasn't in your exact neighborhood, you had to use Kalaniani And so just, it, I was constantly late because my parents had to drive me to work. My parents and my older sister would drive oh, me. Oh, well, it was like 45 minutes away y- yeah, in traffic. in traffic, which was constant. So, but if I was late, it was still only like five minutes or something like that. But I was a really good employee to the point of, as a very nerdy, nerdy kid who did not have a lot of friends, um, there was a point where a kid came in who was one of those seniors who was in your freshman math class because they hadn't done well in math. And was like, hey, Colleen, hook me up with some free ice cream. And it's like, no, I'm not going to steal. And like a, <laughs> a, like a lot of peer pressure and not even like a good TV drama, like not a good reality because there was no flinching on my part. It was like, absolutely no, get out of here. I'm not <laughs> and then like, I'll give you some if you pay me. And then just such a square. And uh, which is so rare for any human, I think, with somebody you know, but also like a 15 year old. But just so honest and, and good and true. And, <laughs> um, but I do have um, authority problems and I do have problems with inefficiency and, and people who have like weird sort of dumb rules about things. Anyway, um, one of my major complaints about this place, which I don't think I told anybody but my coworkers, nobody in higher management, um, was this ex-hippie or current hippie had five CDs that were in constant rotation. Oh they were... Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Uh-huh. Crosby, Stills, uh-huh. Nash, and Young. Uh-huh. Um, Carol King, Tapestry. <laughs> oh. oh, I hate it. And I swear to God, if I didn't, I mean, I hate it. And uh, I, when someone's like, it's so crazy that she was a songwriter for so many years and then didn't sing. And I'm like, listen to her sing and you'll 100% get why she wasn't paid to sing. Um, some Jackson Brown best up. Oh. And then sweet, sweet relief from this horror show of music was finally the James Taylor best of. And I would, like, the second it switched over to the James Taylor CD, it would be like, oh, thank God. I just be weeping. But at least it was like somebody who could sing and a good writer and not a thousand harmonies. Just like clean, good music. It's the harmonies you took issue with. Oh my God. <laughs> Especially when it was Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. And then you've got four. Right. No getting to the point. I mean, that, <laughs> I am yours, you are mine. I mean, I, it, I swear to God, hell will be me listening to that song and all the just like layered harmonies. Anyway, but um, so I hated that. And I also, I, I pretty much, I think, despised Mr. Bubby. I don't remember his name, but I think. <laughs> as a, Mr. Bubby works. Now I 100% get why I would hate the like, on a way that's like, there's nothing wrong with him, but just on a human level, I would hate a like, white guy who moved to Hawaii to like make ice cream. Cause multiple orgasms. Cause multiple orgasms. Like he thinks he's scandalous. He thinks he's provocative. He's probably like 
got his hippie friends and they're all white and probably like later would try to like talk about white privilege but wouldn't get it like wasn't a father yacht like everything about him me now could 100% get why I wouldn't like him but I think <laughs> teen me was just like I don't like you and I'm sure 30 40 year old him looked at like six foot one 15 year old like bossy me and was like I don't like that like <laughs> I don't know what that is but I don't like it it hasn't become what it is yet but I know that will hate me later and make me feel bad about the man I am um so anyway there was that but I was still a really really good employee and now I'm I'm setting this up but there's a uh there's there's one other thing I have to tell you and then there's a, a story and then there's my of course not firing but suspension so um the secondary thing I have to tell you is um, I uh, had overly developed my right boob from scooping ice cream and I had <laughs> like aggressively larger. Now the right boob is still larger now, but it's larger in the way that boobs are larger. Like it's yes. just slightly larger. Just slightly but larger. there was a moment like from a distance, you could tell that this was bigger. The scoop boob? From, from scooping. Just from aggressively scooping ice cream constantly. I didn't know that was like a job hazard. For yeah, because you just really build that pectoral. Um, so that's just a little especially fun. Especially when you're developing. Yeah, especially when you're developing. You never thought to like. No, it's, you arms? don't have you don't because it's scooping is a you know it's a natural scooping, instinct to get. Yeah. Uh, and you have to scoop these hollow balls. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is the whole thing. Like you scoop so that the inter the middle of the ice cream scoop is hollow. What a jet. Is that to chintzy it? It's a little to chintzy it, but uh, yeah. And then you, and a lot of, oh, this is the thing I hated about this place. I just remembered this now. Um, they wanted you to measure and weigh by ounces. So what you would do is you would scoop a core ball and then you would scoop these things to place around it so it would look bigger like a rose. It would have petals of ice cream. So it would look like this epic scoop, but it would, you were still getting a, a, a decent amount of ice cream, but you know when you watch a movie and someone gives you a scoop of ice cream and it's like a hard ball? Yeah. that they It was the same amount of ice cream, but made to look bigger. So it looked fancier, it looked like you had more. And so there's a lot of like, weigh your ice cream scoop. And I'm like, I'm not gonna weigh my 3.5 ounce ice cream scoop on a thing and then put it on an ice cream cone. Like, what? Anyway. I'm not stealing from you. Anyway, so that was something. I love that I just remembered that. There was like technique to it. So there is a side story that's just one. It's a love story to my older sister, to our older sister, since um, all of her younger siblings are in this room. But um, so it was in Call Mall. I'll tell us as quickly as I can. Um, after I was done with work, I went upstairs, took the elevator upstairs, and I was waiting um, at the parking lot uh, that was outdoors uh, for my older sister to come pick me up. And while I'm sitting there eating a Whopper, wearing my Bubby shirt, um, this guy comes out with these two teenagers and the two teenagers wander away. And this guy who also is a teenager says to me, oh, you gotta move on from here. And you know when you're a teenager, you're used to being fucked with. So you're, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's like, no, you're not allowed to loiter here. You gotta move on. And I thought it was just some douchey teenager messing with me. And I was like, uh-huh, okay, thanks. <laughs> And he's like, I told you, you got to move on. And I turned to him, I'm like, why are you messing with me? Like, leave me alone. And he's like, I'm security and you're not allowed to loiter here. And I was like, well, okay, if you're security, where's your badge? And he's oh, like, Jesus. I'm undercover and I'll have one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, sorry, dude. So then he walks away from me and he has this long flannel on and he talks into his flannel that's covering his hand. 
And I hear maybe the sounds of like a walkie-talkie, but I'm not sure. And I'm starting to get a little nervous, so I think I started to wrap up my burger and put it in the bag. But you're a fucking employee yeah, at the mall. Yeah, and, and I'm 15 years old, and just like leave me. I'm not doing anything but sitting on the ground eating a burger. Yeah, wearing my employee shirt. So then I see this clearly adult security guard dressed as a security guard come walking towards me. And I can feel the like tears and the everything just like well up in me. But I keep it together and the guy comes forward and I, you know, I stand up and he's like, Mama, have you been asked to leave the premises, whatever, or something? I'm like, Yeah, but I didn't know that he was a security guard. And he's like, if someone tells you it's a security guard, they're a security guard. Um, and he might have said, I think I said something like, you know, I just I'm sorry, I'm just waiting for my sister to come pick me up. I work here or whatever, and he's like that's fine, whatever, but, you know, when a security card... And so I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. And I kept it together, <laughs> and I just start walking away from them and down the driveway that leads to Kalani Anioli. And my older sister... Now, we Hawaii is a bit of a sleepy town, even though it's a, a very uh, populous. And uh, I think the fastest you can drive, at least then, was like 30 miles an hour. Well, like 35 miles an hour, anywhere. Our older sister drove this tiny little red car at, like the minimum of 90 everywhere. <laughs> like, she was the most, like, zippy, in fast, Pontiac. in her Pontiac, red, like, two-door Pontiac. Um, you know, we're all tall. And so, But in Hawaii, like, Heather is the shortest of us, is still 5'10", so she's tall for Hawaii. She's got a rage and a fire in her. Anyway, so she comes driving up, and she sees me, and I get in her car, and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> just sobbing and I'm trying to tell her the story and she I'm sure at 90 miles an hour pulls in and parks um in this parking lot and has me tell her the story of what happened and she goes what does he look like what does he look like and I was like it's my what and I, I describe him she gets out of the car walks away and I swear to god five minutes later the door opens and I hear apologize to her Sorry, that was probably so loud. <laughs> and this guy, who probably at the most... This is the teenage security the guard? Teenage the teenage security old? guard, who I think is probably in his 20s. He's actually 20, but okay, he but looks teenager. not the guy in the uniform. Not the guy in the uniform. Guy. She makes a 20-something, and she was only 20-something, probably at the tallest, like, 5'5 five, five guy. Go, um, I'm very sorry for her yelling at you. Um, I didn't realize that you worked here, and um, I didn't mean to make you cry. Tell you and uh, she, yeah, like she's just yelling at him. And he's like, I'm very like just constantly, and um, and I'm like, it's okay, it's fine, whatever. And he's just like, oh, so, like just mumbling more and more and more more apologies. And then I think finally, like she was satiated, and she was like, all right, you can go. And like sent him on his way. And I found out from her later, and I, I know I've built this up in my mind, but she basically stormed down in the mall, found the security kiosk, and just screamed. Like, who uh who's who's in charge here? Who um uh went upstairs and told my sister she couldn't wait there? Um and, and I think they started they got a little blustery, like these two grown men, one man in his forties, one twenties this woman is I mean if I was 15 she would have been 20 a 20 year old woman going um uh you you my little sister is up there crying she works here I don't know what your job is but I don't know if your job is to make teenage girls cry who work here and you and then I think they pulled the like well we're sorry and she's like you're gonna go upstairs and it like just like basically pulled him by his ear up anyway so it's one of my greatest memories of my sister and also of my weird memory of that mall and working at Bubby's. So anyway, 
Um, so that happened. And so Bubby's is still happening, and I'm doing okay, but I obviously have my attitude problem that consistently shows up in my various corporate jobs. And uh, so one day I get called in for a, a meeting, and I was like, okay. And we had gotten a newer manager who I liked. She was a lady in her 30s. From Japan. Yeah, <laughs> from Japan. And I think but she... Not, but not, not Japanese. She was, yeah, she was a friend of Mr. Bubby. She did have a blonde, like, short, cropped hair. Um, but she was nice. She was just like a normal, nice lady. I, 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 so I came in and I was like sitting there and Mr. Bubby was there and it was her. And um, I was like, well, hi, what's going on? And they are like, we want to talk to you. <laughs> and... Like, okay, what's happening? Um, well, Colleen. And I swear to God, this woman was like on the, the verge of tears telling me that they were going to suspend me for two weeks because um, she had, she had been so disappointed and betrayed by me. And I was like, what? And she tells the story like, like a TV movie. She's like, it was crazy. Um, I left this note out it was a private note and I walked to the back and I I saw you reading the note and then I saw you sort of leap away to the sink uh, and I remember at the time just thinking it was hilarious how tall you are and how in just one single bound you can move from the refrigerator <laughs> to the sink it didn't occur to me that you had read a private note that you had betrayed my trust and I was like what like what are you talking about what note and she's like, a note I left on the refrigerator. And I was like, now we, you know, like, uh, it was one of those refrigerators that's probably about the height of a chest. Like, it's a top-loading uh -huh. refrigerator yeah. that you keep ice cream in in the back. The separation between the back and the front are like cowboy doors. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a big wall or anything. So the logic of me, and I think I said to her, I was like, if there was just a piece of paper sitting open on top of a refrigerator that the only way to open I have to pull the top of... And it was just there, and I'm in the back doing dishes or whatever. Why wouldn't I just look at the piece of paper and read it because it's open? Like what? And it, it could be direction for you. Yeah, I don't know what. Don't that. forget to clean. Yeah. The blah blah blah. And she's like, you would have only had to have gotten a couple lines in to know that it was not for your eyes. And I was like, <laughs> well. And I said, well, what was this note about? Because I literally do not remember. And she was like, um. I don't, I mean, it was private, I don't, and I was like, okay, um, well, I don't remember, but uh, if you, I d seriously doubt I was leaping away if you were sort of <laughs> commenting on the fact that I'm so tall that I could move away this quickly from a refrigerator, it's entirely possible I was just taking a natural Colleen stride away, and maybe I wasn't leaping away from reading something private, maybe I was just leaping away from not doing the job I was, going back to the job I was supposed to be doing, and it's also entirely possible that like a note that was lying out, I was looking at and I was like, what's this? And when you came back, it occurred to me that, oh yeah, this isn't for me. But you left a note out in public, not folded up, nothing on top of a refrigerator. <laughs> Why wouldn't I read it? Even if I read just whatever. And it was just like, well, I just, I make, it breaks my heart that I can't. Trust you. How did she know you had read the entirety of the note? She didn't, because I couldn't even remember the note. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, so I can't defend it. I don't even know how long ago. I think I asked her, and she couldn't define when it was. And so then, and then there was just some weird follow-up of, like, Mr. Bubby's friend had been secret shopping me from, what was that place that sold those cat 
um, shirts. Oh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know <laughs> what you're small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and from across the thing, I'm like you mean just like a hot topic or something. No, no. they had the, like artistic grays, tiger cats. And yeah, they it's were, like, like before the big, good life. Big, big fun good life. was a big fun, big sun. Anyway, it was cats. No, it wasn't because no. they had cats, and it was everything was cats. These like big, like, like striped cats. It's like the big dog of cats. Yeah, it was the big dog of cats. Anyway, that she had seen me maybe leave the front unattended or something weird like that, and it was like, it was the most trumped up charges. Wait, this was the wife of the owner. No, this was. Oh, it was just some friend of his, some hippie friend of his that he randomly sent to spy why on his employees. She, why was she leaving notes if she doesn't work Where's there? Why is she getting caught? No, 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 no. no, no. Manager One manager had this, and then there was a second charge a of me shopper. Uh, leaving the front unattended or something. I can't remember what it was. Criminal. Anyway, so they <laughs> wanted to suspend me for two weeks. Did they give you a write-up? They did not. And I remember, and this might be made up, and it might have happened later. No, it is. I did happen later because I remember going, okay, and once again being close to tears but also being furious and going upstairs because my mom had been waiting for me and her just being pissed about how long it took. <laughs> like, she's like, they made you come in for this and it took that long? <laughs> she had to wait. And she's like, you're quitting that job. And I quit. Um, But the, the two greatest things I got out of it were a lot of just, like, revenge fantasies about how I was going <laughs> to... Weird, like, concerts or shows in that mall, and Mr. Bubby was going to see me and see that I had won out. I don't know what kind of thing. Puppet up at the mall. Yeah, something like that. And then and it didn't involve puppets yet. And then the other great thing I got out of that was I did buy a pair of Doc Martens. Uh-huh. Uh, I bought them with my first paycheck. Um, I wore them basically from sophomore year until I slipped and fell I may have gotten a, 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 a replacement pair somewhere in the middle of there, but I'm just going to assume it's the same pair of Dark Martens that lasted to me lasted me until I slipped and fell at CPK years and years and years later, and I was like, I need shoes with traction. Um, and my mother, when she ended up with a woman who has an extensive Doc Martin collection, was like, I guess you were right, and I was wrong. <laughs> you really did use those Doc Martens. But so. they were also so light. Oh, and Heather, who also mocked my Doc Martens at some point, yes, at some point moved here, moved to Los Angeles and was living with me, and she borrowed my Doc Martens, and she mocked them a lot, too, for being very ugly. And so in the end, you really triumphed. In the end, I won. And, and if you go to your local grocery store, you can see mochi ice creams made by Mr. Bubby himself. There. No. Yes, I believe they have strawberry, green tea, chocolate, and vanilla. I'm disappointed they're not called, like, you know... If you Those go, if you go things. to, I think they still have filthy names. So if you go to Hawaii, you go to UH, uh, Bubby's, there are filthy named mochi ice cream. Filthy Maybe named everything. What the note was about was like, it was she that inspired the multiple yeah. orgasm name of the flavor. Maybe. I think I would have remembered it. I think that if the note had had anything interesting in it, I would have remembered it. Sure. As a, wow. as a teenager, you'd be like, oh, I saw this note. Yeah, about. there was absolutely no reason she I would have remembered it. She obviously had guilt about it. Other Whatever than the there was. was nothing important in it, and I was just like, why is there a piece of paper sitting on top of a refrigerator? Next to, by the way, where our noteboard was, where people would pick. You don't have to convince me. I, too, would have looked at the piece of paper. It makes yeah. it just makes sense. There's nothing wrong with me looking at a piece no, of paper like that. No, there would be instructions for what to do next at your job. Yeah, and if it had been something like, my dearest, I miss you so much, that's the beginning of, like, half Nicholas Sparks novels. Right, I could no, have not actually, had my Nicholas Sparks yeah, novel experience <laughs> because I was like, no, no note should be looked at with my eyes unless the note says, please read me. Right. 
No, she clearly started the note with something like, and you could, well, who knows? Yeah. She was being emotionally abused by Mr. Bubby. Anyway, who knows? I do want to say, yeah. Ben Franklin's (laughs) soundtrack included Prince. Ooh. Diamonds and Pearl song mm. and Cornflake Girl by Tori Amos oh, and a good Steel one. Bars wrapped all around me Michael Bourne wow wow it was a very but it was like an 8 track system that wasn't an 8 track there was system. no music at the uh, Grey Gables convalescent <laughs> hospital <laughs> no, like, soothing, no music 1920s at all. Jazz. no nothing was there any Ann Taylor music we had Ann Taylor CDs yeah it was like the new the new CD is you know Celine Dion I don't know <laughs> was it like yeah. Faja Tom Tires oh Oh, yeah, it was, Titanic. it was very, very. Yeah. If I if there was a place of business and that was like emanating from, I would go in to apply. Sure, <laughs> just Raja. just to be washed in her waves, of course. You know, the sound waves. All right, guys, now is shameless plug time. Shameless oh. plug time. Michael so, Zara. Michael Zara. Hi. Let's start with you. Uh, you can watch Major Crimes uh, coming back <laughs> on uh, Monday nights at nine on TNT this February. We're actually doing a five-episode story, which is new for us. So it's kind of cool. We've got some really cool guest stars. And um, you want to follow me on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, My handle is Zara, like the store, talks. At Zara Talks. At Zara Talks. No, not Zara, like the story, it's too long. So Zara talks. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. That's me. All right, Jennifer. That's great. Okay, I'm going to ask, uh, I don't know what I'm going to ask. If you are a community college student and you are Latino and you are looking for guidance and <laughs> comfort and a path, uh, look me up at LAVC with the Puente program. Puente means bridge in Spanish. Or if you have disposable money that you would like to get rid of for tax credit before April 15th, donate to the Puente project at LAVC. Thank what about you. Your Twitter handle? What your Twitter? Oh, don't look at my Twitter handle. Oh. Associated with school, it's not a good thing. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh. Take it. Thank you. I forget how heavy this thing is. Um, well, uh, you, you can um, you can hear me each week on Thursdays on the sh- the podcast Supercharged Shockhammer on the Five by Five Network. You can also uh, see me monthly uh, as the, the Tiki Master at the Coconut Club um, pop up Tiki Extravaganza event. And should you uh, that not satisfy you, you can <laughs> you can look at my tweets at Darren Herzig. You can look at my my pictures on Instagram at Darren Corp, or you can go to DarrenCorp.com and find a portal to all my films uh, uh, that are up on on YouTube. You have a corporation. It's Darren Corp. Uh, it's a, it's a um, subsidiary of the Herzig International Group. Established four and a half months ago. Yes, it was a, <laughs> a, long it's, time a it's a it's a new company, and but give us that. So um, for Mary Jo, you can follow me at Mary Jo LA on Twitter. Yes. And for um, Colleen, you can follow me at uh, Colleen Snee at Twitter, C O L L E E N S M I. And uh, for the podcast, you can follow us at My First Time Pod. We ran out of characters at yeah. my first time pod, and then there's the website. Yeah. Oh, which is my first time pod. Uh, my first time podcast dot net. net. And, and you every have to time spell out first. Yeah, first is spelled out. Yeah. Um, a doctor phones now is at Ian Screams, correct? Yes. Ian Screams music. At Ian Screams music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I don't tweet. But Ian never <laughs> tweets. But um, I have a blog. And then Tom, what is Tanya's Twitter handle? Uh, T.D. McClure, isn't it? Yes, it's T.D. McClure. Or at T.D. Mac. T.D. Mac? No, that's her email. 
Well, the great thing about if you go to our website um, is there will be pictures of everybody there uh, and their bios and all of their Twitter handles and stuff. So uh, you actually don't have to pay any attention to this at all. Um, and uh, and then you can you can see what everybody looks like and um, where everybody's from and you can connect with them. And we can put websites, attachments and all that kind of fun stuff. And you can also get past episodes, which we're very proud of. And yeah. it's a new year, so you should... And if you have an idea of something you'd like to hear, tweet us. Tell us what, what first-time stories you'd like to hear, and maybe yeah. we'll choose one of them. Yeah, yeah. And if you live in the L.A. area, tell us, and maybe you can come meet us and tell us your fun yeah, stories. Yeah, we should do a live one again soon. Yeah, we'll try to do one at some venue. We have a lot of connections. We really are so All over town. <laughs> um, we want to thank you for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, bon, what, Noel? What is it? Joyeux Noël is, is Merry Christmas oh. in French. Well, it's, no, it's Bon anniversaire. Bon anniversaire. Merci beaucoup. And I think that is it. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir.